Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here. The Lord has a word for you this morning, and I'm excited. Are you excited this morning? Amen. Um, if you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 14. It says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Um, we often talk about in our church how Austin Alive is a missionary mindset type of church. We want you guys to go out and take the word of God to the streets, take it to your jobs, take it to your families. And I'm, I'm aware that sometimes that's easier said than done. Um, but God tells us out of, our, out of the love we have for him that we should live for him. Why? Because he died for us. We ought to live for him. Um, it says here that we shouldn't look... Um, from a worldly point of view, um, and what I want to get here is that it's not about their appearance. It's not about their sexual orientation. We know that, if you don't know, it's Pride Month. Um, they have flags going all over my job, but it doesn't bother me because I love them the same. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, what side of town you live, but look at them through the eyes of Jesus. We weren't saved based on the position uh, that we have at our jobs. We weren't saved because we look good. We weren't saved for any other reason other than God looked at our hearts. Pastor often talks about how that Jesus isn't our genie. He doesn't exist to give us what we want. We can find ourselves praying for things that, that God doesn't really, um, he's not concerned about. He doesn't care what type of car you drive. He doesn't care what type of, what type of house you, you live in. All those things are good, and I'm sure that that you can pray and ask for direction when finding those things, but that's null and void when it comes to God. His, plain, his main purpose is to get souls in the kingdom. He's the son of the living God. He died and rose again. If he existed to make us feel good all the time, then all he had to do was send a magician. But Jesus is bigger than that. He's bigger than the latest and greatest technology. He's bigger than what our minds can even comprehend. If he existed in our ideas of who he is, we wouldn't need him in our life. We wouldn't want somebody like that, would you? Somebody say, upgrade my view, Jesus. Upgrade my view, Jesus. We need to see Jesus for who he really is and not just somebody to give us what we need. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. We need a revelation of who he is. Do I have a witness in this place today? We need a revelation. We need a revelation of who Jesus is. The Bible says that the old is gone, the new is here. And that is the title of my sermon today, The New is Here. God, we come before you today. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for every person, every person who's watching this, Lord, who will watch this, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you give them a revelation of who you are. Lord Jesus, that you would upgrade their view, Father God, that they not only look for themselves, but they look for their neighbors, God. And they pray on behalf of their neighbors, God. And they pray on behalf of the people in the world, Father God. We love you. We lift you up today in Jesus' name. What is the new? What is it new? When I became a Christian, God didn't take away my belly. 
He didn't add, he didn't add inches to my height. He didn't do any of that. So what is the new that he's talking about? He's talking about the spirit man. When I was born again, he gave me a new spirit. And I've learned that uh, in the new spirit, he didn't leave me empty. He left some things for us. And, and if you would, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that he left on your behalf. Starting in chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Uh, he chose you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to be holy and blameless before God other than what Jesus has done for you. It's not because of the works and attempting to be upright and, and all of those good things. It's a blessing. It's a gift. He gave you the, the, the spirit of holy and blameless. When you believed, it came with the new you. There's not enough fixing up or trying that you can make yourself holy. Even if you did try, it wouldn't be good enough. Verse 5, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He predestined you for adoption to sonship. You are his child. You're not a stepchild. You're not an orphan. You belong in the family of God. When you became a Christian, you were automatically in there. You're automatically a child of God. You're not an orphan any longer. And I know sometimes, those of you online, it may seem like you sin and you're not in God. You're not a Christian anymore. You're not a child of God. But I come against that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. You're not an orphan. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. And don't let nobody tell you otherwise. In verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the ones he loved. You have the unmerited favor. The grace of God is on you. It's on your life. You have because God said you can. You have because God said you can. You have life because he said you can. You have love because he said you can. You have all of those things God gave you because he said you can. It's the grace of God. The grace of God is upon you today. Doors are open because of his grace. You're in places because of his grace. You're in the job, you're in the position you're in because of his grace. Your family is good because of his grace. Your finances are taken care of because of his grace. Your health is taken care of because of his grace. It's nothing that you've done but by the grace of God. Hallelujah. In him we have redemption through his blood. Uh, you have been redeemed. God has brought you back from the grips of death where sin had you. Sin had you out there out there looking crazy uh he had you out there but when you were redeemed god brought you back he brought you back to his safety and not only how you redeemed but the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace you've also been released from the debt not only that but god won't bring it back up because he forgets about it he's forgotten about all the things that that have happened in your life the sin that that you did god forgot about it he's not going to bring it back up he, um, with all God's grace that he lavished on us, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure 
which, was, which he purposed in Christ to be, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. You're not left out of the picture. God will give you what you need, when you need it. It's the spirit of God that searches all things and reveals to you the mind of Christ and his will. You need answers today. You need direction today. It's found in the spirit of God. You need help today. It's found in the spirit of God. Whatever you need is found in the spirit of God. It's found in the spirit of God. It's found in the spirit of God. It's found in the spirit of God. You don't need another contraption. You don't need another uh, get-rich-quick scheme. It's found in the spirit of God. Your finances are taken care of in the spirit of God. Your health, buddy, is taken care of in the spirit of God. It's taken care of. In the, your family is taken care of in the spirit of God. Hey, your family is taken care of in the spirit of God. We thank you, Jesus. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined, According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. You were chosen for the will of God. God picked you uh, for the purpose of his will. If there's ever a question in your mind, if you are chosen, let me put it, put you at ease. God chose you. God chose you. It's not about what you've done, who you are in the good times and the bad times, at the worst of you, at the best of you. God chose you. And there's no other reason for it because he chose you. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Uh, you have the message of truth, the word that instructs you, and, and it's good news. It gives you instruction. Everything you need is in the word of God. And not only did he give you the word, but he gave you the spirit. When Jesus went to heaven, he sent another to be with you, to help you, to guide you, to counsel, to teach, to remind you of his word, and to give you power. I encourage you today, and like pastor has been preaching the last couple of weeks, to receive the spirit of God so you can give, so you can live, so you can love, so you can study, so you can live life the way that God meant for it to be. You can't live this thing without Jesus, and if you try, you're going to fail. But you have help from God. You can't live this thing without him. Uh, but like I said, you're not helpless. God didn't give you the responsibility to love others without making the provision for it. Hey, he didn't give you something to do without making the provision for it. He gave you his spirit. He gave you his blessings. He gave you the gifts of God. Lord, we thank you for your spirit today. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for the gifts of your spirit, God. We thank you for the ability to prophesy. We thank you for the, the gift of faith. We thank you for the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues, God. We thank you for your blessings, God, to help us to live, God. We know that we can't do it without you, God. So we thank you that you are with us, Lord. And you said in your word that you never leave us nor forsake us, God. We give you praise honor and glory hey we thank you God he didn't leave you empty-handed he didn't leave you empty-handed he put something on the inside of you so you can be courageous you can be bold you can be steadfast you can be rooted you can be grounded in the grace of God knowing that if he gave it to you if he gave it to you he's gonna help you through it hey he's gonna help you through it He's going to help you through it. When you believed, you became a new creation. The moment you believe, God goes to work in your life. He begins the process of bringing out the real you. The real you that knows that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. The one that knows that you are powerful. and The, the one that knows that you're a child of God. These spiritual blessings are yours. And though it may, seem, it may not seem like it, because you're human, 
because I'm sure you still do some things the old you would do. Because you're not one of these perfect Christians in church. Because you're not one of these perfect Christians in church, you may feel like you can't do what God wants you to do. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm sure that because you're messed up, because you're flawed, he's going to use you anyway. He likes using the foolish things. He likes using the stupid things. Though it may seem foolish to you, it's perfect to God. Hey, it's perfect to God. It's okay if you're not polished. It's okay if you're not buttoned up. It's okay if you're a little thuggish. It's okay if you're a little ratchet. It's okay if you're a little ebonics. I, I speak ebonics all the time, but it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't hinder the work of God in my life. Sometimes you can't understand what I'm saying, but hey, it's the spirit of God in me. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You need to come in agreement with, with the word of God that says that you are blessed that you are powerful and that you're his child. Just like you shouldn't look at the world in a worldly manner, don't look at yourself in a worldly manner. See the Christ in you. I heard somewhere that our greatest challenge is not to procure the power we need. It is to convert Christians into believers that understand they already have this power. I was praying last week during the service, and I was praying, and, and something came up, and I said that God was doing a new thing. I said that there was a harvest coming, and, and I've realized that in this week of studying, and that's how I knew it was God thing. Pastor asked me to preach earlier this week, and I'm like, oh, God, we'll see. Uh, but God knew what he's doing. God knew what he's doing, and he put the word in my heart before I even knew it was there. Uh, but the, the harvest that he's speaking of is you. He's, he's turning Christians into believers. He's turning Christians into disciples. He's turning Christians into disciples. We don't, we don't want a church full of people that just come to church because they believe in Jesus. Uh, pastor said last week or one of these weeks that he, the devil knows who Jesus is. It, uh, so what? We need disciples. We need people who are going after people, who are going after the lost, who are going into the world, who are going into their jobs, who are, who's not afraid to shake things up, who's not afraid to speak the gospel. We need disciples in this day and hour. We need disciples, and the harvest is coming. The disciples are coming, and they're going to do the will of God. God is saying to you today, come closer. Come a little closer. Spend more time. Give a little more. Don't stay in the baby stage. He wants, you to, he wants to give you more than just the milk of his word. He wants to give you some steak. He wants to give you the, the good stuff. The, he wants to give you the ribeye of his word. But you got to spend time in his word. You got to spend time. If you have no sense of self, no sense of direction, you don't know who you belong to or what your purpose is, maybe you're lost. Maybe you need Jesus. Maybe you need a savior to come in. And, and I'm here to tell you today, for those of you who are lost, you just got to send up, send up an SOS signal. Tell God, I need your help. I, I know that you're real, but I need you to make me what you said. You, you see me in the, in the scripture. You said that you see me above and not beneath, that you see me uh, uh, as a lender and not the borrower, God. I know you say all this in your word, God, and, and I'm lost right now, but I need you to come and locate me. God will locate you. He wants, he wants you to, to be found. He wants you to be grounded. He wants to open your eyes to the truth. And all you got to do is just believe. And, and, and maybe you're not lost. Maybe you're a believer. Uh, but that's as far as you've let God in your life. You know he's real. 
And you know what he's done, but, but you're complacent in letting God lead your life any further. God is calling you to another place in him where you're not only a believer, but you're a disciple. And, and maybe you're, you are a disciple. You've made a practice of seeking God, reading your Bible, coming to church, but, but have you crossed the line in, into making other disciples? Have you crossed the line into sharing the gospel? Have you crossed the line? And, and, and regardless of if you're afraid or not, listen, you're going to be afraid all your life. It doesn't matter if you're afraid. You just got to do some things. You just got to share some things. You just got to jump all the way in. Are you given what you've received? Freely you've, gi- you've received, freely you should give. I want to take you back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Starting in verse 18, it says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, All of this is from God. Every blessing, every spiritual blessing, it's from God so that you can live. We can't take the credit for anything. God has restored us back to himself. That's what reconciliation means. It means that God has restored us. When When we became born again, we were restored. We were restored. It, it, it wasn't a long, drawn-out process. Automatically, you was in that thing. And we've been given the responsibility to restore the world. We are now his representatives in this work that he's given us to do. Yes, we want believers, but we need another level. We want disciples as well. My prayer for you today is found in Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 19. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly father. Uh, God, we thank you today. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your love. Thank you for every spiritual blessing, God. I pray, Father God, that the eyes of your people's heart will be open, God. Lord, that they would hear you, Father God, when you speak. That they would rise up with boldness, with with holy conviction, Father God, to do the things of your will, Father God. That they would go out into their jobs, into their homes, God, into their communities, God. Lord, that they would take your word everywhere that they go and that they would make a difference, God, because we are your ambassadors, God. We are your ambassadors. God we will take the word father God and we will take it far God we will take it across this nation God we will take it across the ends of this earth God I thank you father God for awakening your children God I thank you father God for taking us to another level in you father God where we're not just believers father God but we are disciples God and Lord we we will make disciples father God because you have put it in us Lord to do God it's not just so that we will be blessed father God that our finances will be taken care of God it's not so that we would be comfortable 
comfortable, Father God, but you gave us this work, Father God, so that we would do your work, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you will, lift up a praise, lift up a shout. Thank God for what he's done. He's done a great work in you. Come on, you can do better than that. He's done a great work in you. Whether you realize it or not, he's done a great work in you, and he's going to continue to do that work in you until he comes. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.